Welcome to Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast. Merry Christmas. We are officially in the Christmas season now. I'm recording this the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We're able to spend some time with family and friends. If not in person, at least you were able to video conference or something like that. We're getting the house ready here for Thanksgiving. Got the tree up today. The lights on it. Didn't fully decorate it. We're going to save that because we usually do that as a big traditional kind of thing. Hot chocolate and spice cider and all that. Christmas music playing as we decorate the tree. So Merry Christmas. If you are listening to this, uh, the day it comes out, Monday, November the 1st, or rather November the 30th, uh, this is Advent now. So we have four Mondays between now and Christmas. And on each of those episodes, I'm going to focus on a different character from the Christmas story. Some of them from the original biblical Christmas story, some of them from fictional works, but they all tie in to Christmas over these next four episodes. Might have a guest or two in in, in the next couple of episodes as well, but we will for sure be focusing on a character from the Christmas story. And today, I'm going to focus on one of the most pivotal, one of the most crucial characters in that story, who also happens to be one of the most overlooked, I think, characters in the Christmas story. That is coming up on Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast. I've been thinking a little bit lately about the joy of sorrow. We shall all know sorrow. At some point in every life, there's loss, there's guilt, there's the realization of how we've failed. All of these must eventually lead to sorrow. Yet sorrow need not be the end. In fact, it most usually is not the end. Sorrow will produce either death or repentance leading to salvation and joy. Now, I know sorrow and joy seem to be at opposite ends of the spectrum. Most dictionaries and thesauri, that's the uh, plural of thesaurus, I had to look that one up, list joy as an antonym or an opposite for sorrow. But I would question that, and I'll tell you why in just a second. First, what type of sorrow leads to death? Paul writes that the sorrow of the world produces death. That's how sorrow works in the heart of one who has no hope in the eternal. Judas, the disciple who betrayed Jesus, when he saw that Jesus had been condemned, was full of remorse or sorrow. He sought to return the blood money, and then he went away and hanged himself. We know that Jesus knew sorrow. The prophet Isaiah foretold that Jesus would be a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Yet we know that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Paul describes the sorrow endured by the church at Corinth as sorrow that is according to the will of God, which produced in them earnestness, vindication of themselves, indignation, fear, longing, zeal, and avenging of wrong. Joy does not protect us from sorrow, but it certainly enables us to benefit from sorrow. It softens it, sweetens it, helps us to focus on the hope that endures in the midst of every sorrow, as God proves again and again that he walks with us through even the deepest of sorrows. At this time of year, as we celebrate and look back on 
fond memories with loved ones and relive family traditions, there are a lot of people who will be experiencing sorrow and depression. It's said, although I've never been able to confirm this, that the suicide rate goes up during the holidays. There's a lot of sorrow, but there is joy in this season, joy in the coming of a Savior. And there is joy to be found in the midst of our sorrow. I told you at the beginning of this episode that over the next four episodes, starting with this one, I'm going to focus on a different character that has some involvement, some tie with the Christmas story. And on this episode, I want to talk about Joe the Carpenter. I spent a lot of time during the Christmas season thinking about Joseph the Carpenter, husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Well, maybe not technically a lot of time, but at least a lot more time than I do the rest of the year. What I think about the most is why we know so little about this man who played such a potentially pivotal role, not only in the Christmas story, but also in the story of salvation. He was, presumably, the primary male role model for the young Jesus, at least on the human level. Joseph is mentioned in only two of the Gospels, Matthew and Luke, which are also the only two that deal with the birth of Jesus. Nowhere else in Scripture is Joseph mentioned. Both Matthew and Luke include Joseph in their respective genealogies of Jesus. Though there are differences between those accounts, both of them trace Joseph's ancestry to King David. From Matthew, we learn that Joseph was a righteous man. He was engaged to Mary, but before they were married, Mary became pregnant, and it wasn't Joseph's child. Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away or divorce her secretly. We read that in Matthew 1, 19. That one short sentence tells us a good deal about the type of man Joseph was. Righteous, yes, but also compassionate. Now, we don't know how Joseph came to learn of Mary's pregnancy. Mary may have told him herself. Or perhaps Mary's father broke the news to Joseph. I can't imagine getting that sort of news. Here's Joseph looking forward to beginning a new phase of life. He's getting married, starting a family. And then those hopes are shattered. But Joseph doesn't seek vengeance, doesn't seek the father of the child, doesn't put Mary to shame. No, he seeks to send her away secretly to a place where her indiscretion would not be so obvious. While Joseph is still formulating his plan, he's visited by an angel who explains God's plan for Mary, the baby, and Joseph himself as well. And so Joseph takes Mary as his wife. In Luke, we read of how Joseph and Mary traveled to Bethlehem because of the census ordered by Caesar and how Jesus was born while they were there. Luke goes on to record Joseph's adherence to the Jewish law as he and Mary take Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem to dedicate him and offer a sacrifice. Matthew records two more instances of Joseph being visited by angels. The first is to warn him of Herod's plan to kill the baby Jesus and to tell Joseph to flee with Mary and Jesus to Egypt. 
which Joseph does. After the death of Herod, Joseph was once more visited by an angel who told him to return to Israel. Luke provides our final account of Joseph. It's when Jesus is 12 years old. Joseph and Mary were in the habit of going to Jerusalem every year for the feast of the Passover. Well, that year, the young Jesus stayed behind in the temple, unbeknownst to Mary and Joseph, who were on their way home with the large group they had traveled with. When they discovered that Jesus wasn't with the group, Mary and Joseph hurried back to Jerusalem, where they searched frantically for him for three days, finally finding Jesus in the temple. We only learned that Joseph was a carpenter in passing. Matthew records that Jesus went back to Nazareth to teach in the synagogue. The people were amazed and asked themselves, Is not this the carpenter's son? There are a few other places where Jesus is referred to as the son of Joseph, but that's pretty much all we know of the carpenter. But maybe that's enough. Maybe the one man in all of history who could call the Savior son provides for us in these scant few passages an example of quiet, faithful obedience, of compassion, love, patience, and action. I get the feeling that Joseph was satisfied to remain in the background. As long as he knew that Jesus and Mary were safe and provided for, and that he was obedient to whatever God asked of him. Yeah, that seems like a pretty good example. That's going to do it for this episode of Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you will subscribe to the podcast. If your platform allows, leave us a review, a five-star rating. That'll all help other people find the podcast. Now, next time, we're going to continue this little mini-series of uh, vignettes or, or looks at some of the characters that are a part or often referred to in regards to the Christmas story. Today, we did Joseph, the uh, the stepfather, I guess you would call it, of Jesus. Next week, we're going to go outside of the Bible account and look at somebody from fiction who I think probably of all the characters associated in any aspect of the Christmas story, I most identify with. Uh, that's coming up next time on Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast.